If you've lived in the, if you've listened to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast before, you're very much aware of the partnership we have with Amazon.com. And if you like to shop at Amazon.com for all sorts of things like ankle socks, toilet paper, deodorant, toothbrushes, big screen TVs, laptops, who knows? You name it, they got it at Amazon.com. And you, as a young and intelligent and cutting-edge type person, probably do a lot of shopping at Amazon.com. So why don't you go ahead and go to ColoradoSportsGuys.com first and then click the banner at the top of the page that says Amazon on it and then do your normal shopping. You'll help the podcast, you'll help yourself, you'll help everybody, and we love you. Thanks for listening. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and May Timmons. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. Howdy, folks. Welcome. I appreciate you listening. This is the Colorado Sports Guys podcast, where the West lives. Of course, I am joined by someone who, she's been with us for about a year. She's kind of spent a lot of times on the sidelines. You know, she's done a lot of editing for us. She's done a lot of beer fetching. She's done a lot of the things that are integral to the success of this podcast. I would like to welcome our intern, Renee, to the show. Renee, how are you? I am so good. I'm so excited to be here. Well, um, thank you for being excited. I'm excited to have you here. Uh, Jeff Morton and Nate Timmons are not available tonight. Right. And uh, we're going to connect with them a little bit later. But uh, in the meantime, Renee, welcome. Thanks for all you've done for us over the past year. And, and I must say congratulations because now you are have the ability to get a mic in front of your face. You've been, you've been clamoring for this and asking for this for over a year. And we have said, no, Renee, you're just an intern. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just over the moon. <laughs> and when the opportunity presents itself. Here I am. Very good. And also, thanks a lot for running the board tonight because Nate Timmons usually does this. Of course, he's in Las Vegas covering the Denver Nuggets and uh, some other – he's actually covering the whole NBA right now down in Las Vegas during the uh, Summer League play. And uh, so thank you for covering the boards. This is a great weight off of my shoulders. Oh, well, I'm so excited I could help. Yes, well, good job. Thanks. Now, as we normally do here, we uh, – just get right into the headlines. And so we're going to start that now. <laughs> Look at that, Renee. <laughs> Have you been listening? <laughs> you know exactly when to play the crowd noise. <laughs> July 15th, 2013, by Sadie Gunman of the Denver Post. Former Denver Broncos home care company closes after employee charged. Now, I read some of this. Uh, I, I didn't you know, read too much because, as, as everybody knows, I tend to draw erroneous conclusions from misleading headlines. 
And, of course, I did that with this headline. This, of course, was uh, in the Denver Post. is about a former, I think his name was Ryan Harris. He had started a home health care company. And what home health care is is when you have somebody who's kind of old or maybe they're, maybe they're suffering some sort of disease, they have home health care, which is that the nurses and so forth, they come to your home and then they take care of you. They, uh, uh, maybe they uh, are overseeing some of your care. Maybe, maybe they're like cleaning up bed pants and whatnot. Well, it turns out this former Bronco, he started a health care company and this person that worked for him, started to steal things from these poor, unfortunate souls. Now, when I read this headline, I thought that this former Denver Bronco was somehow culpable in this matter. And I'm going to go ahead and assume that's true because I didn't read the headline. (laughs) Right? Right. Right, Renee? You never do. No. No. Um, but actually, that's not true. I did read it. It's actually some scumbag who who worked for uh, Ryan Harris. Uh, she was arrested. She was charged with multiple felonies. She was stealing iPads, iPods, laptops, cash, jewelry, all sorts of things. She was arrested. I just don't think that this th- this article really should have had anything to do with the Denver Bronco. Just because it was a former Denver Bronco, they put this in the headline. And I don't think that's fair. I think this is a little bit misleading. I think they're piling on some of the recent criminal problems with the Denver Broncos. And they're trying to say, oh, well, a former Denver Bronco was involved. So, therefore, let's go ahead and make a headline about it and write an article and then further solely the Denver Bronco name. But I don't buy it. I think it's bullshit. What do you think, Renee? I think it is, too. And I think they're trying to use something as popular as putting Denver Bronco in a headline to get more traction for an article. And I don't think it's fair. Because people... Renee, you're, are you, where are you from? I'm from Colorado. You're from Colorado. Yes. Um, you, uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, you re- recently graduated from a local Colorado school. Can you tell me about where that was? Yes, I did. MSCD, Go, go Roadrunners. Yes. Metropol- Metropolitan State College of Denver. Yes. Now, um, you, are you a Denver Bronco fan? Yes, very much so. And I knew that. The yeah. only reason I asked you, when you read these articles in the newspaper... And you see a headline that that says Denver Broncos, per, you know, anything to do with the Denver Broncos. Are you more inclined to read that article than otherwise? Yes. Me too. I am too. They're playing right into it. Now, let me ask you this. This news story, do you think it would have as much of an appeal had it not had the Denver Broncos name in it? I think the story itself has a lot of appeal, but it probably doesn't get many people clicking on it without Denver Broncos on it. Because I think you're right. Especially it, with the DUI stuff that's just been going down. And, and I think that's exactly right because I think they're kind of trying to pile on. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. And I think, you know, I think this story could be kind of interesting, but I think this type of thing happens all the time. And if somebody who did this wasn't a part or didn't have a history with the Denver Broncos, I don't think that this is as big a story as it is or even even becomes a story. I would agree with you. Because another thing happened this week, and I didn't include it in the headlines, but they found another Denver Bronco employee who was arrested for a DUI a couple months ago. So what happened is after the first DUI guy, then the second DUI guy, 
Then the media, the local media here in Denver started looking up all sorts of uh, – they started going to the uh, archives and started just looking up every single player, every single person in there, and they started putting in names. And they're looking for everybody that was associated with the Denver Broncos, and now they're like, hey, when it rains, it pours. Make hay when the sun shines. <laughs> right? And they're like out there, and they're putting out – and they're looking up for every single thing wrong that could be wrong with the Denver Broncos – and I find it a little bit of like a yellow journalism. Are you familiar with that term? Did they teach you that? I actually am not familiar with that term. Oh, well, thank you for uh, saying that. But yellow journalism is like what they, what they do is when they, when they intentionally mislead the audience by being cowardly, mm. by, by obfuscating the truth. Well, I think this article is the, the exact definition of that. July 15th, 2013, by Mark Kisla in the Denver Post. Is Super Bowl or bust pressure greater on Peyton Manning or John Fox? Now, <laughs> this is ludicrous. I, I, of course, I didn't read the article. This was Mark Kisla. How could, how could the weight? or the pressure of the so-called Super Bowl or bust mentality be more pressure on John Fox. He is a coach. He does not have a as short of a time frame to win as does a guy like Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is the type of guy who has seen success. He's won a Super Bowl, but his younger brother has won too. And he also has a legacy as a player. I am sorry. I will never agree or never see that the – the coaching legacy has the same weight as that of a player, and especially a quarterback. I did not read this article, as I don't. Renee, do you read articles? Briefly. Briefly. You're like me, right? You just read the headline, maybe the first couple of lines, Quite. and then you move on. Yes. Yeah. It's click. Well, you spend a lot of time on Pinterest? No. No? No? Yes. That was, of course. Yes. I, yes. Yeah. No. Well, uh, you just graduated. Uh, you know, maybe you'll have more time to Pinterest. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Let's hope. Where you head? You heading to grad school, right? I am fall? heading to grad school. Yes. And, uh, somewhere, where, somewhere local, but I would prefer not to say. I I can understand that. Now, so we got John Fox here, or we got this Kisla headline. He's saying, "What what is better, or who has the more pressure, John Fox or Peyton Manning?" Out of the question. It's definitely Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's got to win the Super Bowl this year and the next. And maybe the one after that, and if not, John Fox can can go on and he could win a Super Bowl with you know any luck of the draw. Quarterbacks, and by the way, coaches can coach for a long time. Quarterbacks have a short time period. Maybe Peyton Manning can go off and and win a Super Bowl with somebody else as a coach, but that's not the same as winning it as a player. Moving on. July 14th, 2013, by Mike Kliss of the Denver Post. Broncos sign Ryan Clady to a five-year deal for $52.5 million. Hallelujah. Um, this was an issue that didn't really come up that much. And I'd like to kind of compare it a little bit to how Nuggets fans are constantly viewing their free agent signings or their the contract disputes of their players. And that is... Nuggets fans tend to take a little bit of apprehension and a little bit of negative expectations into it with every single free agent that they that is leaving. And we saw this recently with Andre Iguodala, 
a lot of fans were on the edge of their seats for a couple weeks. Uh, maybe it was more than that. And I had said weeks ago, Iguodala is gone. He's done. He doesn't want to play here. He's moving on. He ended up going to the Warriors. And this was not a surprise to me. But it was very telling to see how fans of the Denver Broncos never really seemed to get all worked up about this Ryan Clady thing. Yes, there was a certain element of, oh, come on, let's just sign him. Let's just sign him. Let's move on. And, and there's never been anybody who has said that signing Ryan Clady wasn't a, a, a serious, important, and it wasn't an integral part of the success. I mean, Ryan Clady, I would put up there as number one of the, you know, after Peyton Manning, maybe he's number two on the list of most important guys to sign. Yet I never saw anybody out there really concerned. I think there is an element of comfort with the Denver Broncos organization and John Elway in particular and a little bit of security that we feel as Denver Bronco fans that says they're going to lock up Clady. They're going to sign him. So when it did happen, nobody was that shocked. And I think that is a good sign, and it's a hallmark of, of being a fan of a great organization, of a good football team. And I think that's one of the things that we're all kind of on the fence about with the Nuggets organization when you want to compare the two. When you want to say, hey, we don't know what Josh Kroenke's doing. Uh, we, you know, we don't know what his game plan is, and we're not sure that he really cares about the success of the Denver Nuggets organization. And then on the other hand, you have the Denver Broncos. And I think that what we're seeing there is – we are seeing a fulfillment of everybody's kind of pre-expectations about how the team's going to go. So I say, great job signing Ryan Clady. I think that was one of the that, that was the minimum of what they had to do to get where they want to be. Which this year everybody's saying a Super Bowl victory. They got to get to the Super Bowl and they've got to win it. And now after they have these types of integral players lined up, Ryan Clady, he's just a part of the f- formula. Now the Broncos need to go out, and they need to finish it off. They need to actually compete. They need to actually win some football games, and I think they're going to do that, and it's just a couple months away. Oh, I'm so excited. Are you excited? I am so excited. Now, you're sticking around, Renee. Yes. You're a local. Yes, I am. Are you going to make it to any Bronco games, you think? I hope so. I hope so. Well, uh, I'm guessing, you know, I don't want to make any assumptions, but, you know, you're a chick, and you're a young chick, so are guys like constantly clamoring to take you to games and things like that? Is that how it works in your world? Um, the good ones are, yes. The good ones. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you seeing anybody, if you mind me asking? <laughs> um, yes, I am. You are? Yes. Good for you. Yeah. And uh, is this a young man? Is this man of uh, high repute? And let's just say he's a Bronco fan as well. That's what I was asking. Good <laughs> for you. Sorry, Colorado sports fans. Renee is taken. Renee, why don't you go and hit some music for us because we're going to take a break. and we come back, we're going to give old Nate Timmons a call because he's down in Vegas and he's going to give us a report on the Denver Nuggets at summer camp. I mean, at, at summer league. <laughs> oh, sorry. You know why that's funny? No. Renee, go ahead and hit the music. I'm sorry. Hitting the music. Okay. Good job.
call is now being recorded. Hello, buddy. What's up, Roscoe? How are you? I am now melting in the hot weather in Las Vegas. Oh, yes, yes, Las Vegas. Good old Las Vegas. Did the Nuggets just won their game? It's pretty exciting. They just won, so, uh, so how, how are they doing? How many games have they won? I, I only saw that they lost the first one. Uh, they lost all three of their preliminary games, so they were seeded 22nd out of 22 teams, and they just played their first uh, quote-unquote playoff game today and won it. All righty. So uh, how did they Um, Pretty good. They're staying alive. They'll play tomorrow. It'll be their fourth game in four days. Uh, today, like Quincy Miller was really good. Shot five for five in three-point land. He was kind of uh, a little jazzed up about it after the game. Got to talk with him a little bit. Uh, Jordan Hamilton missed the last game to attend his cousin's funeral in L.A. He got back to the team just about uh, time for the game this afternoon. Scored 23 points. He played pretty well. Talked to him after the game and I think he's feeling refreshed after being back here from the funeral, so he's feeling uh, a little bit better, put a little closure behind him, I think. Very good, bud. Now, um, did you – I don't want to get too far off the nuggets, but I just read this headline today that I thought we should just spend a minute to talk about. The Lakers have announced or something that they're going to go after Carmelo Anthony – and LeBron James next year. Did you see this? I did, yeah. I kind of think that uh, if LeBron and Carmelo both went to the Lakers, it would just be a sign that LeBron is trying to get all of his buddies championships. <laughs> oh, man. that Could you imagine anything worse than if that happened? No. That would just would be... You? Even if they get one of those guys, it would be awkward. Um, one of them would be bad. Both of them, I would... Quit watching basketball. Wait. <laughs> I already did that. Like, I heard he did that like four years ago. <laughs> Dude, I've watched so much bad basketball out here. It's been unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've, just, we, I've been getting to the gym. Like, the games start at 1 o'clock, and they go until 7, so you usually catch, like, four games a day, and you're just like, why am I watching some of these games? But... Even the Nuggets were that way until today. I mean, they were just playing miserable. And then uh, they switched things up. They are starting Eric Green, a point guard, the rookie. And today they brought him off the bench and started uh, C.J. Harris at the Wake Forest. And it worked out pretty well. Green actually played good. He had like 14 off the bench, shot well. Uh, he's feeling better too, feeling a little more confident out there. And uh, where are these games? Are these games at uh, UNLV? Yeah, we're on UNLV's campus. They're at the Thomas and Mack Center, and they're either in the Cox Pavilion or the Thomas and Mack Center where UNLV has their actual games. Cox Pavilion is uh, attached. You're just attached by a hallway, basically, uh, with concession stands and whatever. Um, but it's like more of like a high school gym. There's like grandstands that are kind of pulled out temporary style. You know, remember that in like your high school gym when you pull the bleachers out or whatever? I don't know if yeah. Golden have that. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they had that. It was even motorized. We didn't even have to all line up and pull them out before every game. It's perfect. Uh, yeah, I've been in the Thomas Mack Arena before for a fish show. 
like uh, 10 years ago. Nice. It's a pretty yeah. unique environment. Like, I don't know if you're familiar, if you went out and, like, obviously you walked around, like, the concourse area. But, I mean, you'll walk through the concourse to go in between the gyms and you'll, you know, you walk by fans, you walk by, there's some groupies out here for sure. And then you'll pass, like, you know, general managers like Tim Conley. I ran into him in the hall, the Nuggets GM. I ran into Pete D'Alessandro in the hall uh, in the stands. I spent a little time chatting with, like, Masai Ujiri as well. So it's it's kind of a kind of a who's who. And I sat next to Anton Walker. He used to play in the league for, like, 10 years. I sat next to him in a game. So it's been very interesting. Ran into George Carl. Talked with him a little bit. So also so what, was, uh, what was George Carl doing there? Uh, his kid, Kobe, is playing for the Toronto Raptors, so he came out to watch him. And then he also said he's been kind of looking out for his assistant coaches as well. Uh, Tim Gurich, Vance Wahlberg, they, uh, I believe, are kind of free agents right now. So, George Carl's son plays in Toronto? He's playing on the Summer League squad for Toronto. I don't know if it was like a favor from the side for George <laughs> getting fired in Denver or <laughs> Or what? But he's actually, I mean, Kobe's pretty good. He played at uh, Boise State, and he's been trying to catch on in the league. He, he played at the Lakers briefly, I think, in, like, preseason. But he played for Portland. He's played for Denver. So he hasn't been able to catch on, but kind of rough. Very good. So tell me, um, tell us just, you know, what else? Who else you see? Who else you talk to? And, um, you know, does, does the Summer League, and also, does the Summer League, Jeff was mentioning the other day that, that you know, he's mentioned it actually like every day, um, on the hour, every hour, um, that Skeetish really was the uh, MVP of Summer League one year. Um, are you getting the sense that uh, any of these guys um, are kind of making a – going to make a breakthrough this year for the Nuggets? I think kind of – I was – I was on a radio interview the other day, kind of, and I was asked the same question, and I was saying that this is like the time for the younger dudes to be able to work very closely with the coaching staff. Not that they won't have that opportunity once training camp starts, but in training camp, you're going to see like Ty Lawson, uh, Wilson Chandler, JaVale McGee. They're going to be drawing most of the attention from the coaches, and these guys that are playing now, Hamilton, Quincy Miller, Von Fournier, uh, and Eric Green, uh, mainly Eric Green, and they're not going to get as much one-on-one time or as many reps with the head coaches and stuff that you'll see in training camp. But, I mean, they still will. It's just this is just such a better time for them to get all the attention right now. So it's not so much about how they play as, as much as it is just seeing what they've worked on over the summer and, you know, I guess how they're playing a little bit too, obviously. Very good. Hey, you're, you're uh, kicking ass down there. I've been uh, seeing on the blog. Um, I think you're blogging now more than you do during your regular season. Um, there's like uh, how many, like six posts a day? Yeah, I'm probably writing more now than during the regular season. It's crazy. Uh, I'm trying to get my laptop. I have a recap up with quotes from uh, Melvin Hunt, Quincy Miller, Jordan Hamilton, and Eric Green, and uh, my laptop keeps freezing, so I'm not able to get this posted, and I want to smash my laptop. <laughs> well, we'll let you go. Before we do that, though, what up? Other than schmoozing with all these big shots and uh, you know rubbing elbows with all these coaches, what else are you doing? Did you uh, you know uh, did you follow Les Shapiro's uh, advice about uh, splitting aces and eights but never tens? Uh, the only game I played, I played roulette the first night I got here on Friday or the first day. 
and I got absolutely slaughtered. So I figured I, I should never play roulette again. It's a, a, a dummies game. Uh, I haven't played blackjack yet. I kind of want to. I uh, found out that I actually have some buddies coming in town this weekend for a bachelor party. So I'm trying to decide. My major decision is, should I stay here for that, take the hit on the wallet and the liver, or should I get the hell out of town after the Nuggets are done playing? <laughs> well, I'll leave that up to you. Um, how's the how's the blogger uh, frat house? Uh, it's good. It's different. I mean, a lot of the dudes are. There's a few. A couple guys are just like 20. And, you know, barely 21, still in college or just out of college. So they haven't quite learned how to take care of themselves yet. So the kitchen, disaster. <laughs> Bathrooms, disaster zones. Uh, food choices, very questionable. And it's it's basically just like being back in college once again, which is terrifying. And it was something I thought I would enjoy. Even though it is fun, it is also scary. Is it a nice house they got you? Yeah, we're in a sweet house. It's uh 10 minutes off the strip, and uh, it's huge. Like, I don't know how many bedrooms it is, but we all have places to stay, and we stay up till like, 2 a.m. writing and talking about basketball and making fun of each other's teams and complimenting each other's players or whatever, and it's the nerdiest, greatest time that I've had in a while. <laughs> Fantastic, man. Hey, did I see you doing some writing for, uh, like, uh, the Mavericks or something? Uh, yeah, I threw a little... Been doing a little uh, guest writing for Mavericks.com, so not too much, just a little bit of something fun to kind of get my name out there a little bit. Is this something we should be worried about here? Are you jumping shit? Giving up well, on the nugs? I've always kind of said it. Whoever wants to write me the biggest check will have my loyalties. So. <laughs> <You're, laughs> that's it. Nate Timmons, blogger whore, checking in from Las Vegas. Hey, uh, <laughs> get back to the blackjack tables. Whatever. Have a good weekend. We'll catch up with you next week. All right, buddy? Yeah, man. Sounds good. I'll uh, be in Tuesday. All right. See ya. Later, man. And now, the Colorado Sports Guys would like to present These Things Jeff Believes to Be True. You know, uh, Jeff couldn't be here tonight. No, he couldn't. So uh, I don't want to speak uh, for him or on his behalf. But I think he'd be a little uh, happy with the music selection. I think he would too, yeah. It'd be nice. I picked it just for him. Renee, you know the show so much. You must be our biggest fan. Not only just the intern, but you must love this podcast. I live for this podcast. So, as Jeff likes to do, can we get it down a little bit, Renee? Can you just turn it down? Whoa, not that much. Still learning the board, sorry. <laughs> Still a little loud, just down a little bit. There you go. Great job. What I wanted to talk about today. Renee, good job. Thank you. You know, just want to tell you, you're doing a great job. And the Colorado sports wife is not here, just so you know, for what it's worth. Are you blushing? Don't. Hey, whoa, I'm not being weird, am I? What I want to talk about tonight is why sports are important. A lot of people don't think sports are important, and from one point of view, those people are correct. After all, how important could a game be? 
a bunch of people chasing around a ball, oblivious to the rest of the world. But I believe the reasoning behind this argument are the exact reasons why sports are important. Here's what I mean. If you're into sports, they are important in a way that is self-evident. If you are not into sports, they are unimportant because they represent a trivial aspect of our society that occupies our time at the detriment of more important issues. People who are fans of sports are often ridiculed as being dumb jocks who don't have the capacity to address the really important issues at hand. You understand what I'm saying, Renee? Yeah, completely. But sports have and will always be a microcosm of life. And here's what I mean. Anyone, here's the point. Take, for instance, the issues of race or homosexuality and civil rights in general. It was in baseball that Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. It was in diving that, um, uh, what's his name? The uh, uh, Greg Luganis. Okay. Remember Greg Luganis? It might have been a little before your it time. It was a lot before my time. But uh, you, you know who he is probably. Can you turn that down a little? Yeah. Bring it down a little. Okay. My point is that it was in sports. It was Jackie Robinson. It was Greg Luganis. Greg Luganis was an American hero in the Olympics when he broke all those records in, in the diving competitions. Uh, he inspired Americans and, and probably did a lot for the sport of diving in the United States. Um, when you look at uh, most recently with Jason Collins of the NBA, who is uh, recently added himself as a gay athlete and aided the effort to bring the dialogue surrounding the equal rights of gays to the mainstream. This all happened in sports. So, you know, is 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 sports like just a, a, a waste of time, a diversion, some sort of way to, um, you know, kind of keep people from the real important issues? Or is it also important? Because after all, those things I just mentioned, these were all took place within sports. I mean, are civil rights not important? Do sports not represent or bring to the forefront some of these issues like civil rights? The point is that in these few instances, and there have been many, many more Sports bring to the surface many issues that go much further than just the competition on the field or the court or the ice. They are a, it is a microcosm of life. Anyone who has ever played or been a fan of sports has taken the lessons they learned from their participation to their everyday lives, whether it's the self-confidence that you gained from from the self-confidence you've gained from knowing you've done a great job or you tried your best, or probably more often than that, the ability to recognize and accept that you could have tried harder. Nowhere 
are the truest things in life, more evidence than that in sports. Do you see what I'm saying? I totally see what you're saying. And I also think that there's a lot of times where in other areas of our life that's not when it regards, you know, when it's about sports, we have some sort of sport analogies, as in being a team player or quarterbacking a project or, you know, I think it's one of those areas of life that even though sports to some people don't seem important, it seems like it's just the most simple aspect of the way life plays out in all aspects. I couldn't have said it better myself, Renee. It is exactly that. It is a way to quantify all of the trials and tribulations we go through in our life on a regular basis into a somewhat more digestible platform. It is a representation of life. A lot of people talk about sports as being like the, you know, inspired by wars or, or certain things like that. You know, like when you look at the competition in the Olympics of the javelin throw, I mean, it's a little more. It's quite warlike. Right? I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. very much warlike. But even the sport of football is like that. Um, but then those things have turned into other sports. Basketball is a great example of a sport that was invented for the pure competition and skill that goes into it. Yet, even within that, we see all sorts of little issues, not issues, but big issues that seem small when they're within the confines of the sport, but are applicable to our everyday life. And they also have several articles, too, speaking about um, sports that um, were just created for the the love of the game, if you will um, forgive my pun for a second, but I will talk about baseball. We love puns here. (laughs) They do talk about how a lot of um, students are are brought into statistics and math with just the, with the love of the game, the that, love of baseball. That is a great example of things that I hadn't even considered because when you talk about all of the people that have become fans of sports, it's like look at baseball. I never played baseball competitively, but I am a huge fan of the sport. There are a lot of people like that, and a lot of those people like me are into it because they like to look at like – um, not just the green grass and the and the you know the 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 you know the uh, all the ceremony around the sport and and the tradition, but they also like to look at the statistics. You know, some of the biggest basket or biggest nerds in the world who are into math are also into baseball, um, and that is something that has come about over the past ten twenty years. You know, with the, whether it's sabermetrics or whatever it is. Is math is important? Math is important to everything that we do. Whether you know you're in the financial world or whether you're in science, I mean, math is important. Can baseball not be an example of an application of these mathematics? And maybe the sport of baseball, or maybe the competition, is absurd in the grand scheme of things, or maybe it's just as important. And maybe it gets kids into uh, math, and or maybe people who are into math would like to spend a little bit of time doing what they're good at in a profession, whether they're engineers or whatnot, maybe they like to spend a little bit of time doing something that they're good at in something that is not as important. Right. And, and the reason why I bring that up is this week, our country has been polarized by the verdict in Florida and people are outraged or ecstatic. And I'm not sure that either response is appropriate, but I do know that whatever is, is tearing us apart surrounding these events there's a very good chance that sports 
has the unique ability and is very likely to bring us all back together. And even if it's just so we can hate each other <laughs> on something that's meaningless. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe I can hate people that are Chiefs fans because they're Chiefs fans. And maybe that means that I don't hate them for more important reasons. And they always say, hey, we all got to go to work in the morning. That's what you say when you're playing, you know, slow pitch softball and somebody gets a little too aggressive and you say, hey, guys, listen, we all got to go to work in the morning. So let's just tone it down a little bit. All right. Even when Oakland goes to work in the morning. (laughs) Nobody in Oakland works. (laughs) First of all, I mean, I appreciate your attempts there, Renee. But maybe you should just stop talking now because that's uh, clearly nobody in Oakland has jobs. You didn't know that? You're young. You'll figure it out. I assume some of the staff had to have lived in Oakland. But <laughs> all right, I'll talk to you about this off the off the podcast. But like, do you see? Do you understand my point here? Yes. My point is that sports are important because they're unimportant, and they're unimportant. And the reason why they're unimportant is what makes them important, and that is that they allow people to have a conversation about things like Jason Collins, about Jackie Robinson, about all these things, right? It, it puts everybody in the same stadium or the same room for a couple hours. And then it, no matter what happens at the end of the day, we each can say, you know what? We love basketball. We love baseball. And we might disagree, you know, absolutely on everything else. But what tears us apart is what brings us together. And that's why I love sports. That is why I love sports. Did that make any sense? Yes. Of course it did. It made great sense. I think that'll do it. I think that'll do it for the podcast this week. Thanks, everybody. Um, by the way, uh, Jeff Morton, happy freaking birthday to you, buddy. Happy birthday, Jeff. Um, uh, Nate Timmons, great job down there in Las Vegas. We appreciated talking to you on the phone. And uh, you know what? I just have a strong feeling that uh, if, if everybody <laughs> tunes in next week, there uh, just might be the opportunity that we'll be back. Renee, um, this is when you hit the outro music. Oh, good. Oh, good. Shit. Yeah, it's right. Oh, up. I just totally said a bad word. It's right up. There it is. Got it. Got it. There it is. Good job. See you guys next week. Thanks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.